It's the Jeremiah Show. Welcome to the Jeremiah Show. Happy Thanksgiving. Let's celebrate Thanksgiving together. And let's do that at the JAR, the JAR restaurant, thejar.com. Check it out while we're talking right now with uh, a good friend, hasn't been on for a little while, and she she weathered the storm. Uh, the restaurant storm over the last couple of years. And I think that's the last time we talked to her was about midway through. And I'm so happy to see her. I'm so happy to hear that JAR uh, is coming back to pre-COVID numbers and, and even exceeding that and that people are out and hanging out and, and hanging out at the bar JAR restaurant. Um, welcome back to the show, Chef. Suzanne Tract, owner and chef at JAR. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me, Jeremiah. Okay. Now, I told you, <laughs> thank you for being here. I told you that I, I just love your accomplishments, and I won't read them all because you told me they're too long, but I think you've, you've earned every one of them and so many more. And I feel like I'm doing you a disservice, but also the listener a disservice not to let them know how cool the presence of cool that they are in <laughs> the privilege to have some time with you because you don't do a lot of interviews and you don't you love what you do, which is being in the kitchen and cooking and feeding your guests that just uh, flock to your restaurant and and uh, and enjoy themselves and are so happy that your doors are reopened. Well, let me give you a little bit, though, because I want to spend most of the time with you. If you don't know Chef Suzanne Track, she is a driving force in the Los Angeles culinary scene. 
She built Jar into one of the most beloved and successful restaurants in Los Angeles. She drew inspiration from classic American comfort cuisine, which is my very favorite. So her restaurant is my very favorite type of, of, of food, and her food is just spectacular. Jar is a pilgrimage for passionate eaters and wine lovers from across the country. It's a modern American chop house, and it continues to receive acclaim for its atmospheric setting and exceptional steaks, braises, and seasonal sides, including her sumptuous signature pot roast, which along with her char suey pork has been cited by culinary heavyweights on the Food Network's popular series, The Best Thing I Ever Ate. And it's definitely worthy of the show's title. With its retro modern decor, it evokes the aura of a timeless supper club. Jar has become an indebitable part of the city's culture. Even starring as a memorable location in the Academy Award winning classic La La Land. I know so many people who love that. That's part of it was filmed there. So now you know. Um, you utilize the finest local ingredients before that was a thing. Uh, Chef Suzanne delights everyone in taking classic chop house dishes like deviled eggs, blue cheese wedge salad, and prime steaks and updating them with a California sensibility. The season-driven menu offers appetizers and salads with an emphasis on braises, like I said, grilled meat, seafood, as a bunch of uh, sides and traditional sauces. During the holidays, which we're in right now, you're lucky if you can get a seat, but go try anyway, because even if you can't and you have to stack three deep at the bar, you're going to meet some very cool people. You're going to have some great smells to uh, keep you hanging around. And then when you get that coveted seat at the bar or in the dining room, you're going to enjoy it so much better because you earned it. So during the holidays, Jar's beloved Passover, Seder, Seder and Thanksgiving dinners have earned ritual status. And I do mean ritual status. And you're back. Uh, is this the first time back like fully since COVID or was last Thanksgiving a little, a little bit more normal? Well, well, since the pandemic, we are, are now just doing, um, we are doing to go Thanksgiving dinner. So it means that you, you pick up Wednesday. It's our, it's our, our full menu that we usually do. And, and we give it to you with the beautiful reheat instructions and uh, we take the day off on Thursday on Thanksgiving. Good That's um, in my years of business since I've been working since I was 19. I've never taken a Thanksgiving off. And I have to tell you, to be able to do that and to work hard and to put out a lot of dinners for people to go and enjoy in their homes and to give my uh, the, the staff off to be able to relax on Thanksgiving. It's a, it's a kind of an, it's a nice feeling. I never thought I would imagine that, but it feels really good. Yeah, it's not it's not typical, and that's what a gift uh, not only for yourself and your your mental health and your well being uh, to finally allow you know to take that time off after you've really worked hard in your industry to get to the top, uh, but also for your not, nothing. And by the way, nothing's typical anymore. But we do do but put out a lot of dinners. We're cooking right now today, and we're getting ready for you know people to bring jar into their homes and enjoy. Mm-hmm. And do you see that as a new model, Chef Suzanne? Do you see that as a model that you can expand on more or that might I, be? 
I, I do. I see it. With, I see it with myself, and I see it with other other restaurants in the city. Absolutely. Are you having trouble, like everyone else's in the industry, uh, finding staff to to fulfill the the positions that you have, or or are you okay there? <laughs> you know what? Um, I knock on wood. I am very lucky. It, it is very extremely hard to find staff, but I have had a staff that has been with me for for a while now. And, you know, we, we like to work with each other, I guess. You know, I mean, there's always the heat of the moment, but I guess <laughs> I think but, you never know. But we're, we're you know, we're, I'm, I'm fortunate to, to have my my main staff, my main people that I work with that that run jar that make jar so successful here with me. You know, you're only you're yeah. only as good as as the people that you're you work with. And as you know, the, the dining room and taking care of you know, servicing the guest. That's, that's very important to me. And, you know, thank God I have that staff, but I will tell you what has changed in jars. We were closed since the pandemic. We've been closed since uh, uh, Monday and Tuesday. And by doing that and make sure that if we have to work hard, if we have to work a little bit overtime, we always know we're going to have Monday and Tuesday off. And that's important. It's important for everybody's health. Uh, they always know they're going to have the day off. We're not, you know, working ourselves to death. But that's that's what the times have have uh, had in store for us. I guess mm-hmm. I'm, of course, I'm from the old school. You're open. You're paying rent seven days a yeah. week. You open seven days a week. Yeah. Well, it's not like that anymore. <laughs> Now, but that's that's interesting to me too because I've been an operator for many years in restaurants and hospitality. And Mondays and Tuesdays, we all know, are the hardest days to fill the seats, and you're typically operating in the red. But you keep it open because you pay, you know, some of your rent and your some of your labor and things like that. Um, what does that do? Does without giving away your financials, I'm not asking you to do that. But does, what does that do to your overall? Are uh, are you able? Are you seeing like this could be a new model too? Like we can survive, and uh, you know we take advantage of my labor's lower, my la- you know my um, some of the overhead that are typically the larger costs on your line items are now a little bit less, and you you're doing okay. Is there a wash? I mean, we know we were never brave enough to try that, right? Like just like you said, old school. We were right. never, well, you- I, I think what it is 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 it's, it's mainly. There is eventually, hopefully we'll open on, on Tuesday, but you know what, right, right now, if I had to open Monday and Tuesday or even Tuesday, I would have to find more staff. Mm-hmm. And right than now than it's very, very hard. And I don't, you don't want to overwork. I mean, we all work hard, but you don't want to overwork your staff, overwork yourself and be stressed out because it's going to tell in your service and yeah. in your food. Yeah. So why not? Make everything as perfect, perfect as you can. Take care of your staff. Take care of your ingredients. Take care of your ordering, and make everything you know. So, so everything works out for the best. Don't don't kill yourself. Don't kill your staff. Don't rush it. I like that, and uh, I I want to check in with you on that because you that first opening statement that you are a driving force in the Los Angeles culinary scene. And I would argue um, an international culinary scene. You, you've taken a lot of chances and, and brought a lot to the restaurant world that others have um, um, 
respectfully borrowed and used. And I think it's it's an interesting, you know, the the, the taking jar home and making sure that the vessels and the and the ingredients and all that are just as good as you would have in the restaurant and assembling them or whatever, but also maybe closing down on those nights that were never money makers and uh, helping your staff, helping you with the staff. And I'll, I mean, I think it's all brilliant. And, you know, I think you're a trailblazer in this industry. So um, listen up out there. Uh, I, uh, speaking to the staff, though, Chef Suzanne, if you wouldn't mind, um, in the, I, I just did a plea in the last half hour uh, to – to, to people out there that are maybe looking for their first job or have been unhappy with their other jo- you know their desk job to me the hospitality business uh, is the very best business you could go into it doesn't matter what age or where you know what level of expertise you can go where you want to go you can make great money uh, you can work less hours and um, and you're going to meet the very best people in your life, not only in the dining room, but the, uh, you know, the, the kitchen at the end of the night, you know, in the back alley having a cold beer or, uh, you know, out of a brown bag and just, just going, God, we just got through that. Can you believe that? Or showing up at a friend's apartment, you know, at 1 a.m. and you're young and you're, you know, you're, you're talking about life and everything else in it you meet the very best people in this industry that you'll remember we're, we're a for tribe we're, we're that's a tribe it's a tribe <laughs> what what would you because you and your fellow chefs restaurant owners are facing this hardship with with staff what would you like if you had to make a, a public service announcement for the for your business what would you how would you sell it to them uh, to get them to apply to get out there and apply at restaurants again um you know what it, it, it has to be it has to be applied to to somebody that that has a work ethic first of all because I, I I can't I can't give somebody a work ethic they they, they have to have it themselves. Um, it has to be somebody who wants to grow that loves what they do. I mean, from the second I walked into a kitchen, I'm like, oh yes, that's this is it. This is where I belong. I belong in restaurants. I belong in hospitality. <clears throat> I, I belong knowing that the customer always comes first. You know, there's a few exceptions here and there, <laughs> but you you have to have a sense of belonging. So what if I have to work Thanksgiving? So what if I have to work Christmas? Um, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to, I don't know. We used to play hard, but anyways. But if, if, <laughs> if everything you do right and you have a great value system, you eventually you, you will grow. You will grow in the business. Mm-hmm. But you have to love it. You have to like it. And you have to be able to know that you don't know everything. And know that you you have to learn. You, you can learn. I mean, I'm still. We, we, I never stop learning. Do you ever stop learning? I'm, you know, at this I'm age, I'm learning was, right now from you. Yeah, I would love to go stage in someone else's kitchen once mm-hmm. in a while, and you know. Oh, that's interesting. Just for the, well, just you know, to to learn different things. There's so much to learn, and I love food, and I love um, giving people jobs. That sounds like I a love great uh, supporting food. my farmers mm-hmm. i love you know my uh, people are, i have a lot you know my relationships with my purveyors that i've had for many many years That's and they've been through i'm so sorry i just interrupted you but your oh, purveyors 
interesting topic to to kind of stop on for a second. These purveyors, these farmers, these artisan, you know, cheesemakers or wineries, breweries, uh, you know, the list goes on. All the people that you source from to create this this meal, this experience at Jar, um, they went through this as well. And maybe, uh, you know, are, how how are they doing? How are, Promote them, if you don't mind. Some of the people that you're sourcing maybe for your Thanksgiving menu right now. Uh, well, like like some of my farmers that that, are, that yeah, really who do you love? Um, like from uh, the Balter Farms, they're in Somis, and they've all, they've been delivering to me even through the pandemic. I've even you know had some extra time and gone to their farms, and that's the Balter um, Farms. Also in Santa Barbara, Roots in Santa Barbara. Uh, John, he's he's always been really great. He has the most beautiful produce. That's, you know, whatever's in season, I, I, I try to support him as much as possible. Matter of fact, I have a small home in Ojai. So when I'm leaving either Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning, he delivers it to my house and I race back to jar. So, you know, you'd like to promote the, pe- the people that help you out. Also, um, my good friend, Julie Harmon from Ocean Jewels, always been there for me for, for three restaurants already. Um, you know, what uh, Roger Bachman from Newport Meat. On and on and on. Oh, I love it. Yeah, the guys in Newport <laughs> Mead are great. And Robert. Um, well, thank you for mentioning them. I think it's important for all of us to, you know, our support from our staff to to our purveyors. Let's talk about your Thanksgiving menu um, a little bit, if you don't mind. Sure. Do you want me to go through it or do you want to tell us what you got, uh, what you got planned? I've got it right in front of me if you, if you want me to set it up. <laughs> Well, I can, I can, I can start. We, um, we start you with a, um, we do it every year. We do a chestnut chickpea soup, which is one of my, my favorites. And it, it's really great for this kind of cool weather. It's, it's hearty. It's got the earthiness of the garbanzo beans and the sweetness of, of the chestnuts. It's not a water chestnut. It's a chestnut, roasted chestnut that we make in the soup. So we start, we, we have that. We also, then we go into our turkey. And <clears throat> this year we're using the Mary's, as we did last year, the organic turkeys. Ordered and paid for them a couple months ago, by the way, everybody. Oh, smart. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, smart. There's a little bit a of a smart turkey move. shortage. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a turkey shortage. Yeah. So um, don't, don't ask me last minute if I can get your turkey, because the answer is going to be no. How many friends have called you up and said, hey, chef, uh, <laughs> Half a dozen. But what Half about for dozen. me? <laughs> Half a dozen. Like, can I buy it? Can you get me my turkey this year? And it's like, nope. I'm so sorry. No, no. You know, if you get into jam, I'll, I'll try. But I can't. I, I have enough on my plate and it's really hard. I couldn't even get an extra turkey for myself. <laughs> well, you can order for, from your restaurant for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyways, luckily, um, another purveyor I have, Rocker Meats, they, I've learned this a, a few years ago, they are breaking down, they break down my turkeys. So right now they're going to be breaking down my turkeys so that from the breast to the thigh and the drumstick. So what do I do is I confit the, uh, the dark meat. So the leg and the thigh gets confit. 
the breast, the whole breast on the bone, everything's still in, intact on the bone, just not all together. That goes into a brine and then roasted to perfection. And then yeah, we, we slice it up and we put it on the stuffing. Now our stuffing is a cornbread stuffing. We use sourdough bread in there as well. Uh, beautiful turkey sausage, shiitake mushroom, and all the fixings. And that, <coughs> but, and that, that is, uh, I, you know, I can't wait to eat it every year. And then I don't want to see it for another year because you just keep picking it and picking at it. Um, we make our own cranberry relish. We made that the other day. That's ready to go. We do mashed potatoes. Uh, this year, what, else, what am I missing there? Oh, we do long, long cooked kale. So it's a Tuscan kale. We long cook it in uh, extra virgin olive oil, a little bit of onions, garlic, and a porcini broth. So that's mm. that's all vegan. Wow. And I now, think cream corn. Did you say cream corn? Because I was. Oh yes, we, yes. You can order that. That's um, that's an extra if you want cream corn. Because I decided to put it on there because everybody's going to ask anyway. See, you, I wise up. <laughs> so if you want extra, if you want to add cream corn, and we already have quite a few. You know, it's, it's unbelievable. The corn is still good at this time of year. Used Sweet. to about five years ago, you couldn't even get corn this time of year. But now, who knows? It's warm everywhere. It's we're still getting great corn. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so sweet, so so great. I had some the other night. I threw it on the grill. You can do a meal for four, and you can do a meal for eight. Uh, and then right. just add on if you've got a larger family. You, you need to place your order by 6 p.m. Saturday, November 19th. You pick up Wednesday, November 23rd from 1 to 5. Jar again, just to remind you, will be closed on Thanksgiving Day. And place your order as soon as possible, as they do expect to sell out at Jar. Um, the Jar menu will not be available. And they... Uh, and the rest of the stuff, you can check it out on thejar.com. Uh, Suzanne, Chef Suzanne. And don't forget the gravy, too, because everybody just oh. wants to take a bath in that. Like, can oh. I have more? Can I have more? Describe, <laughs> do you want to describe what makes your gravy so special? It, it, it's not often that everybody just, you know, eats, you know, gravy with their mashed potatoes. Maybe it's that once a year. So they just really want to have plenty and enough because everybody wants the gravy. They want to put it on their <laughs> turkey. They want to put it on what. Like I say, they want to take a bath in it, and it's, it's nothing. It's it's just regular. We, we take all the bones and the neck and the wings from the turkeys. We make a stock, roast them off, make a stock, and we just make a simple gravy. Now, if I wanted to take a bath in your gravy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. how much gravy would I have to order? <laughs> well, how big is your bathtub? I'd say maybe I've, 20 gallons. <laughs> yeah, you've just given me a really good idea. Um, maybe, maybe not. We're not going to tell. <laughs> Oh, Chef Suzanne, I have so much fun seeing you. Uh, 20 minutes isn't enough time with you, but, you know, your time is precious, and you are working overtime right now to feed so many for Thanksgiving. What is your favorite part about Thanksgiving? And do you have, uh, you know, a special memory from your childhood or recently that you could share with us, um, a little peek into your life, and, uh, and then we'll let you go. You know what? My, my favorite part about Thanksgiving is 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 being around family and getting up early, getting that turkey in the oven, having those smells all day, having, um, you know, your friends and family that everybody has something that they're doing. Uh, just, <laughs> 
That is opening. Good. Oh, and another one of my other great things is, is you know, by by noon, you're opening, you know, a, a, a big old honking champagne bottle of champagne. And you're just you're just, you know, you're celebrating. You wait Mike. till noon. <laughs> yeah. OK, I, I just said that. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Your secret's safe with me. What happens right. in the kitchen stays in the kitchen. <laughs> exactly. Well, you need a little champagne while you're prepping. Hey, everything. why not? Julia Childs did it. And... Julia Childs loved it. She if yeah, she did it. Exactly. I'll do it. <laughs> um, so I wanted to also mention. I love that. That's a, that is a good. See, I hadn't even. This is why it's so fun to talk about this stuff because it's. I hadn't even thought about that, but that's the thing that we all look forward to. You like to get up and you smell it already. You smell the the turkey cooking and all the, and then everybody comes together. You know. Uh, I still say the best parts of life are around the table, you know, with your friends and your family. Oh, and by the way, the champagne, I, I, I don't, I, I go with the Magnums. So <laughs> tell me, y'all, I'll open a Magnum. First of all, the champagne is supposedly better than the Magnum. Uh-huh. Yes. You have plenty. And it's, wink, and it's wink. just beautiful to see that big bottle there of whatever. It, Hey, you drink it, whatever you choose. I don't judge anything over here. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm an advocate of whatever you're doing there. You're doing it right. Um, praise for Jar over the years includes acclaimed late Pulitzer Prize winning Los Angeles Times and LA Weekly restaurant critic, beloved and missed restaurant critic Jonathan Gold, who gave Jar a coveted spot on his 101 Best Restaurants in L.A. list every year since its inception. Jonathan said, Suzanne's gift lies in her ability to reproduce the old taste within a modern context so that the sautéed pea tendrils with garlic make as much sense as the cream spinach, the duck fried rice as the mashed potatoes. And uh, the I don't know if I'm saying this right, and if I butchered it, I'm so sorry. But the char suey style pork chop as yes. the prime filet mignon. Uh, I haven't had that yet, so I've got a. I, I, I associate the uh, the pronunciation with eating two or three of them at a time. Um, <laughs> she's got other accolades, which include Los Angeles Magazine, The Wall Street Journal, Bon Appetit, Savour, Food and Wine, Gourmet. Uh, the list goes on. L in style, Zagat and Eater. She's been on Top Chef, Hell's Kitchen, Entertainment Tonight, and the countless cooking shows. And she's been our special guest this hour. We're talking Thanksgiving. We're talking about her menu at Jar. She's going to take the day off. So get your order in now so she can take maybe two days off or a little less stress on the on Thanksgiving. Chef Suzanne. It's so such a pleasure always to see you, uh, to talk to you, and I hope you have yes. just a really nice Thanksgiving the way that you that you love it. Put that turkey in early, and friends start showing up as it's, as the turkey goes out into the neighborhood. Smells right, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and if you don't find a turkey, you can come to our house. <laughs> okay. Oh, thank you. What do you have one running around or what? what, what? <laughs> Richard's trying to catch it right now. It's in the studio. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right. Jar, thejar.com. Instagram at Jar Restaurant. At Facebook, Jar Restaurant. Let us celebrate Thanksgiving together. And uh, to the Jar Restaurant team and all of your family that work for you there. Chef Suzanne Tract has been our special guest. And Chef Suzanne, 
Uh, have a wonderful Thanksgiving with your friends and your family. Thank you. You too. Okay. Pre-order through the website, thejar.com. And communicate. Okay. No? Don't do it now? Don't do it. Don't do it now. Richard's telling me not to do this now. Well, you, I think you should listen and eat. Eat a lot for Thanksgiving. All right. That's my, that's my sign off. Chef Suzanne, thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Talk to you soon. Bye. arms reach out to me cause they know I'm so lonely then my mind goes back to you Mr. Restaurant is a tasty new segment on The Jeremiah Show. Host Will Knox, renowned restaurant real estate specialist, serves up a fresh look at the restaurant business. On the menu, celebrity chefs, startups, operators, deal makers, designers, and those are just some of the appetizers. Look for all of Mr. Restaurant shows. Tell your smart speaker to play The Jeremiah Show, Mr. Restaurant. I am Shadow Stevens. While I'm doing this and that and the other thing at the very same time, I'm having a great time on The Jeremiah Show, the greatest show in the history of the world. For the love of God, subscribe. No, seriously, subscribe. Hey, everybody, it's Tim Stack from It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack telling you, asking you to watch the show Sprung on Freebie, Amazon's new free channel, I promise you it's funny, it's got heart, and my shoulder appears in episode three. Welcome, Los Angeles. The Jeremiah Show is now on Radio Candy Radio. Discover a world of emotions, your digital radio. The Jeremiah Show airs 10 p.m. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. RadioCandyRadio.com. Hi, I'm Mariel Hemingway, and you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. Check it. Hey, have you been to the Canary Hotel, Dr. D? And by the way, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Um, Canary Hotel, I love it down there. There's a, they got this great rooftop bar. Got a great restaurant called Finch and Fork, and I think it's just been recently reimagined, a uh, new chef. And, um, but 
One of my favorite restaurant groups to go to in L.A. is uh, the Hillstone Group. They've got a bunch of different concepts, including Honor Bar up here in Montecito. And one, <clears throat> there's a place called that sadly just closed, I found out, and I've been crying pretty much oh. if my eyes are puffy. That's why I've been, <laughs> I've been crying since I heard last month. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, uh, it was called Bandera, and it, I think it was one of the test kitchens for Hillstone Group down on um, – on, uh, Wilshire and Barrington on the corner and behind this place there were tall apartment buildings really great apartment buildings and I got the top 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 penthouse apartment wasn't anything special it was just called the penthouse the reason I did that was because I liked eating dinner at the round circular bar at at Banderas every night and I sat there every night for a year and then I Got a little tired of it. I closed out my lease and I went to the next restaurant. <laughs> I moved in behind the next restaurant. The point of this is that the um, Finch and Fork has this circular bar that I think, is it still there, Jess? Yeah. Oh, you yes, guys, we still good. have our bar and actually it's been a little bit elongated so we can have a little bit more of a crowd. Uh, our, all of our <laughs> Who doesn't love a circular bar? Why do, why do restaurants not do... A bar like you have it's not only that i always compared so the, there i wasn't just telling a story for no reason i compared the the service see at the hillstone you get the you get the same it's consistent service is 100 percent on spot every time timing all everybody in the hospitality business tries to emulate the hillstone group um few can my experiences at the canary and at the finch and fork down there at the restaurant um, from the fabrics, the design, the, um, you know, the, there's been, it's the bar, the, the staff, the food, it has been, you know, it rivals uh, Hillstone and, and I know it's owned by the Kempton group, but you guys do a really, really good job. And so I have, I don't know your exact title, but I know you are, uh, Queen of the bar, mixologist. What's the newest, latest, the greatest? It's Jazz Morales. She's joining us. She runs this thing, right? Thank you. Yes, I rule the bar with an iron. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you rule the bar uh, with amazing cocktails, incredible personality, uh, huge smile. Go to YouTube. You, if you always listen to the radio and listen to this podcast, do yourself a favor. Go to our YouTube channel and check out Jazz because the smile is uh, will make your day. <laughs> Hi, Jazz. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> Welcome for being here. Thank you for being here. Welcome for being here. Um, so tell us, what is the title? And Mixologist was hot for a while. Is that still a thing or is there a, a new name for what you do? <laughs> identify as mixologist i personally just like to call myself an educated drinker and sharer of that <laughs> knowledge um i kind of have a hand in everything on liquid at our properties so if it's with beer iced tea wine or our cocktails i have a say and i have a hand in it and i love it so it's kind of funny um I, oftentimes i do get asked what exactly is your role and i kind of want to change it to liquid master but they still <laughs> I have like that i do <laughs> I like that because I've heard them all. That's a good one. I'm always like, how do you come up with a new one? There's that hasn't been done. I, li I haven't heard that. You should coin that and, and trademark it. Exactly. That's the plan. I was trying to think of something on the Prince esque of you know the artist, the artist formerly known as. But I'm like, let's just go with <laughs> liquid master. I think. That 
cover all the bases. <laughs> so I love I cover all liquids at, <laughs> at at my property. I love that. Um, how? What's your process? So, you know, you said you you um, also described yourself as that you're an educated. Did you say drinker? I don't. Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> you know, that's some hard work there. Those are some long hours you've been putting in to get that that title. And that, oh, absolutely. <laughs> so tell me what your life is like, what your day is like, and why you're so interested in liquids. <laughs> absolutely. I know that's so funny to say. Um, yeah, so my day, it, it changes. I mean, that's one of the things I love about hospitality is you walk in and you never know what you're going to get. But of course, you know, morning starts off with a good cup of coffee, catch up on my emails. And one of my favorite things about this role is just that it gives me so much opportunity to explore and do a lot of research and development. And what I love about being here in Santa Barbara is we have amazing weather. We have amazing produce. And it just gives me a lot of opportunity to capitalize off of what Santa Barbara naturally has, as well as me being given a unique audience, being a hotel that's centrally located in a tourist city. So I get the opportunity to play with local seasonal flavors, you know, um, special things that guests will bring me and just to kind of have something for everybody, whether you live down the street or if you're from across the world, I'm pretty sure I have something up my sleeve for you. (laughs) Do you like that um, challenge? Like if I sat down at the bar and I'm like, I have no, I don't know what I'm feeling like. Uh, Do you like Mm -hmm. the the bartender's choice or is that? I absolutely do. And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes if I'm feeling a little sassy, I will tell you tell you that my special or bartender's choice is going to be a double whiskey on the rocks. Oh, or go for it. Make absolutely fabulous. <laughs> what was the last one? I'm sorry. Oh, I was saying um, either it'll be a double whiskey on the rocks or it's going to be something fabulous. Oh. Depends on. <laughs> it's going to be fabulous. Just sit back and enjoy, Dr. D. Um, so. What do you mean if you're sometimes feeling sassy? I have a feeling you're always feeling <laughs> sassy. <laughs> oh, I, I would say I'm I'm mostly loving. Sometimes I will be a little sassy, but it's just it's what comes with the job. You know, I'll be sometimes in the zone and then I'm like, oh, you know what? I have a spark of genius, although once in a while it, it doesn't work out. But, you know, it's only crazy if it doesn't work. So a lot of the time my team here, they do tease me that I'm like, hey, be my guinea pig. I want to try this drink here and we're putting seaweed and we're putting salt in it. <laughs> We're making edible garnishes, and they're like again. But then after they come around to love it. <laughs> well, if you, it's all it's all how you sell it, right? So like if, yeah, if you um, remember the old days in hospitality, I don't know if you'd ever heard this, but there was a thing called the Sullivan nod. Have you ever heard of that? Well, I actually have it. Okay. Well, I'm going to pass it on to the new generations then. <laughs> You're welcome. It was stupid, but it was always in all every training when I was a waiter or a busboy or anybody in sales. They would, in a restaurant, they would tell us about the Sullivan Nod. And it was like, it was some guy that had created this thing. You can always get your guest to, to buy what you're selling by going, mm-hmm. you really will like this a lot. And you just nod the whole time. This is so good. This is like, this is okay. Sold. Got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's the Sullivan nod. You can take oh, a, you, no, can, like, you can call see, it the jazz even, nod if you want. I wasn't even aware there was a term for it. But, I was just calling it, you know, being a mind ninja and, you know, using my, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't know if ninja. I want to say my bar telekinesis, you will buy this drink. You, you need, will like it. <laughs> you need to, uh, you're very quotable. You need to trademark a bunch of these things. 
Oh, thank you. Or, or get the get the URL on GoDaddy before anybody else does, and then. My marketing manager now be like, look, we're going to catchphrase this. We're going to market it. <laughs> yep. I, I like it. So, I mean, without it being obvious, because I'm sure there's a lot more. We're, we're having fun, but I'm sure there's mm-hmm. a lot more to why you chose to make this a profession, why you love it so much. And then the Kempton Hotel Group is a very prestigious hotel group. They don't just hire anybody that says, I, I'm having fun and I'm, you know, to... to they don't let everybody have access to all the liquids. <laughs> Where? <clears throat> so tell me well, about like w- how this took over your life, and then you know what your passion. Make me feel your passion. Why? What do you? What do you? Why do you love it? Well, I'm going to try to tell you the shortened version of the story. Tell so, me one. For, for nine short. more minutes. <laughs> no worries. I promise you, it'll be short. I was born with a very rare health condition. Anyways, because of that, I actually had to um, have a very careful diet growing up. So because of I had to slowly introduce different foods at different times, I just naturally had a much more sensitive palate. And I could just taste the changes whenever I tried different foods, different drinks. I'm like, mm, it doesn't taste right. So because, basically, I'm just saying long story short, because I was raised to be a naturally picky eater and very sensitive to other things I kind of learned quickly this tastes good and that doesn't taste good and that's ultimately what I try to take into all of my um, cocktails and with my approach with beer and wine let's pick out the nuances and what's funky what we don't like and if it is something we don't like how do we turn it into something that we love Mm. and um, throughout this journey and working in hospitality I've happened to meet a lot of amazing individuals I used to work for Acme hospitality here in Santa Barbara and I got to work with Master Psalm um, Brian McClintock at Le Marchands mm-hmm. and he changed my life in the world of wine and I like to almost credit him as much as my dad who introduced me to the world of spirits at home and so just kind of turning that into my love of making money and tips behind the bar yeah. it just kind of naturally put me in the forefront and I as you can tell love to talk and engage with people so if you do that and you have me mixing a glass in front of you we're gonna have a good time at the bar preferably I like to drink it with you though but do you find <laughs> do you find that um your disdain for people it plays a role in i'm just kidding <laughs> you love people i can tell <laughs> that was my bad it. joke it's all on me all me don't fire her kempton no, no, uh, well how did <laughs> you're like Sorry. what was that question um i was just <laughs> trying to say it another way you're, you're you've got a great personality i, I is Thank your bar you. full a lot i'd imagine you have some great regulars Oh, yeah, we absolutely do. And that's one of the things that I love about Kempton is that they have such a steady um, clientele and following. Like, you know, when you go to each property, it's very bespoke to that city. Mm-hmm. And that's something I love about here. When I was presented the opportunity to work with Kempton, they know that Santa Barbara, although we're small, they want to draw on to our local history. I myself am a fifth generation Santa Barbaran. So I happen to have the upper hand on the local knowledge and the produce, as well as my my very eclectic personal background with having lived abroad and what attracted me to also working for Kimpton is that they have a very much a lead yourself mentality and that is something that I personally um, like we said before I love that challenge mm-hmm. and uh, that's something where I feel that I thrive in where there's no limits to the possibilities of my creativity 
You found inspiration as a flamenco dancer in Europe. Yes, absolutely. How, how so? <laughs> how did it play into what you do? Absolutely. So um, because I used to dance flamenco professionally, I had my first um, international contract signed when I was 15 and I left to go live in Spain. And that was actually my first out of the U.S., out of Santa Barbara experience. And um, while I was living abroad there, I made as many trips as possible to go to Portugal, France, Rome, um, go along the seaside of Spain and just getting to try all of these other, um, you know, unique ingredients. Not that there's, you know, not that we can't get a lemon in Santa Barbara, but we just don't have the same of, you know, a Portuguese lemon, a Portuguese grape. I also may have uh, participated in some underage drinking by U.S. <laughs> standards, but that was a whole new world for me in Europe. And so with that, I just um, had that fever for traveling and, you know, my love of food. Basically, I love to eat and I love to drink. And had I not gone abroad at such a young age, I don't know if my palate would have been so... Uh, widely expanded mm -hmm. i should say <laughs> well and you you hold a, a level one sommelier uh court of masters song yes. certification <laughs> now i know there's one uh that's is that the number is it's hard there's like three right and there's only so yeah. many people in the entire world like something like four or five hundred or maybe less yeah, it's something crazy like that. I don't remember the exact statistic, but um, definitely taking those exams were not easy. Yeah. I will never forget, even after I did my intro, my right eyelid was twitching for like two weeks. I'm like, I got this, I got this. <laughs> Stress. <laughs> did you ever see, so you probably saw Psalm, the movie that was filmed here, a lot of it in Santa Barbara yeah. with the guys, yeah. Absolutely. Oh and man, I'd that looks hard. After. <laughs> oh boy. Well, look, look what I mean. You mentioned you made a light of it, but you know your experience uh, traveling the world and and your passion um, for for tasting and for learning the regions, the soils, the uh, the, the growers, you know, around the world, you know, paid off, and and uh, we get to benefit here in Santa Barbara by just going down and sitting at your bar um, at Finch and Fork. Okay, so we've only got a few minutes left, four to be exact. I hate to be so precise, but um, and you got to come back. We got to maybe do this once a month. Talk about a cocktail or something. You got to definitely be. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, Absolutely. we'd love to have you back. You, you you could be a really good cool part of the show and and inform the audience also. You know what to try because I know we're always looking for new spirits and new uh, new cocktails when you go out and try something new. What are you, yeah. what's going on for Thanksgiving? What are you working on? What are you, what? Yes. So, um, what I love about Thanksgiving, I mean, obviously it's the coming together of families, whether you love them or you hate them. Um, I definitely have my fair share of those. And I like to approach holidays with uh, the mindset of liquid tolerance. I might not like <laughs> you, but at least this drink will make you more tolerable. <laughs> that sounds like so, uh, my, my, one half of my family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so one of my favorite um, holiday drinks I'll be bringing over here to the um, Canaries, we're doing kind of a, what my sister and I like to call our version of a hot toddy, but we call it a canela toddy. Um, because we are Hispanic, we love our cinnamon tea. Mm. And um, sorry, mom, sorry, dad, if you're listening to this now. But of course, sometimes we dread going seeing some of our bratty cousins. <laughs> and uh, we would sneak a little bit of a Maker's Mark or Woodford Reserve, whatever extra of you know whiskey dad had, had lying around put it in our mini flasks and then we mix that into our own cinnamon tea and some honey and some lemon so grandma and 
everybody else is thinking, oh my gosh, they're so, I mean, not that we were terrible, but they're like, oh, they're just so friendly, so happy. And we're like, yep, it's our liquid tolerance. Oh. So now I have a much more refined version that I'll be bringing over here to the bar. And I told my sister and she's like, oh, you'll definitely find me there. I will be having the uh, refined, you know, sophisticated version of my liquid tolerance to get me through. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, and that sounds good. Uh, I mean, that's like, yeah, okay, I'm sold. Um, <laughs> tell me no more. I want one of those, uh, or whatever's in your flask. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who knows? That's uh, a, yeah. The liquid surprise and the liquid tolerance is what helps get us through. And the best part is, you know, it's one of those things I get to pervert a childhood memory and you know make a profit off of it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, the, when those two come together, magic. <laughs> Jazz. We we got, uh, I'm looking at the clock, two minutes left. So two minutes and two minutes. Tell us um, the experience. Put out to the airwaves to all these people listening. Yeah. Pretend like they're coming in to your <laughs> bar. Invite them in. How, how do you want to invite them in and take care of them? Yes, absolutely. Well, um, definitely, I can promise you once you walk into our hotel and our restaurant, we have a our lobby, our bar. It's huge. It's inviting. It's welcoming. My bar alone, I believe, has 20 seats. And then even within the lobby, it's about an extra 30. So I've got about, you know, room for 50 to come in without a reservation. Definitely can come by and listen to me tell you a story about how I, you know, Put together my eclectic cocktail menu. I've got a little bit of everything from, um, you know, Amari's to sake to, you know, house infused sour plums and meshu that we're making. So I promise you, I've got a little bit of something for you. And I'm sure I've got a crazy story I can share with you as well that might not be appropriate for the air. Oh, uh, you know, drink and entertainment, that's a good ticket right there. I'll take it. Okay, so I'm sitting at your bar, final. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, I need something to drink because I've been talking oh, too long. Like, Bartender's choice. What are you? What are you making me? Yes. Ooh. Um. Right now, the current cocktail I'm most proud of it is our um, Alice Keck. I named it in honor of the woman that donated one of my most favorite parks in the city of Santa Barbara. Right. Anyways, just to tie that in, it's a little bit of a botanical forward kind of black Manhattan with a little bit of Maldone sea salt that we use to finish it off. It's made with Chinar, Carpano Antica, as well as High West Double Rye. And we're finishing it off with the Luxardo Cherry and um, a burned essential oil of orange. Oh, I can't and it's delicious it's definitely a nice uh sipper but if you pound it i won't judge you <laughs> <laughs> but uh, i'm in a circular bar somebody across is going to be watching me and i got to get behind the cocktail napkin i came exactly. to the right bar dr d you should go to the right bar it's at the canary hotel jazz morales is behind the bar there she loves liquids she can help you love liquids too especially over the holidays i'd stop in there before you go see the relatives not a bad idea. Um, <laughs> the Kempton Canary Hotel holds. It's uh, it's where relaxed and refined meets luxury in Santa Barbara, California. Go to Finch and Fork. No, go to uh, Instagram at Finch and Fork, and uh, and on Instagram Canary, at Canary Hotel, and on Facebook at Canary Hotel. And on the website, canarysantabarbara.com. Now, Jazz, do you want, uh, this could be dangerous in your business sometimes. You got a lot of people that love you there at the bar and see you every day. Do you want to put out any uh, social media for the people to follow you and see what you're doing? Or 
Oh no, my social media, I don't post anything like that. It's mostly, it's a homage to my dogs oh. and um, Python memes. Well, yeah, I was going <laughs> to mention your rescue dogs. Uh, are you going to have Thanksgiving with Buck and Bubbles? <laughs> oh, absolutely. They will not go anywhere without me. <laughs> they right. They, you will take us so they're coming along especially when they smell turkey and all that good stuff so last final words you get them do you want to thank anybody any of your crew do you want to thank any of your guests uh and then wish you know wish well first and foremost i'd like to thank me no, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't have done this without me <laughs> yeah, Dude, I'm just teasing. No, I absolutely want to thank my director, Tim Thomas. He's the one who invited me to this project and the renovation. And he's given me my dream job and making this a possibility, as well as the um, Kempton team for, you know, choosing me out of all the other candidates that applied for this position and the local love that I get here. So I've had uh, quite a few people follow me from other properties to here. They know who they are. And I'm just excited for anybody who does take a chance and want to come in and see all the exciting new things that we're doing i have nothing but love for for everybody you got to go there yeah <laughs> you, you got it all there jazz i can't wait to come down and meet you in person there and happy thanksgiving and happy thanksgiving to all the listeners everyone out there we'll be right back thank you happy holidays All the ducks are swimming in the water. 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 Welcome, Somerset, England. The Jeremiah Show is now on Core Radio. Keep on rocking to the core. Core Radio, the Jeremiah Show, airs at 10 p.m. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursday. Core Radio dot rocks. Hey there, I'm Caleb. I'm Becca. And I'm Joshua. And we, we are a girl named Tom. Go to girlnamedtom.com to hear more of our music, buy merchandise, and learn about our story. You're listening to The Jeremiah Show. You've been
been listening to The Jeremiah Show. I am Miles Zuniga from Fastball. Hey, this is Tim. And this is Christian. We're L1011. Hi, this is Ron Sexsmith on The Jeremiah Show. The Jeremiah Show. Happy Thanksgiving, and <laughs> why are you laughing, Doctor D? Oh, because I'm getting I'm getting excited. We've uh, had such a great day. I hope you're having a great Thanksgiving. If you're listening to the show today, um, f- uh, really, I don't want to say save the best for last, but I will because everybody else probably tuned out by now. <laughs> Chef Lisa <laughs> Dahl is a prolific foodie. She's a she loves life. She uh, is a cereal restaurant opener. <laughs> She's got a lot of restaurants. Um, they're all outstanding. Uh, from what I hear, I've, I've uh, off-air asked if I could uh, drive out, and, and then I want to hit one after another, spend a couple of days there, and try our chef and restaurant owner, our special guest today, Lisa Dahl. Uh, how are you, Lisa? Welcome. Welcome to the Couldn't Jeremiah be better. Show. Couldn't be better. I don't have the jitters yet. You don't but have I'm the jitters. Why, why would you have the jitters? Did you have some some coffee or? No, no, <laughs> that was earlier in the day. Of course, I had coffee. But, of course, but, that's you know, it's a, it's a huge holiday, and it's it's my favorite holiday. And I don't mean the jitters, but there's a lot of love and a lot of labor that goes into you know simultaneously doing dinners for hundreds of people and making it taste just like they just made it in their own kitchen if they could do it that good. Yeah, <laughs> that was what really intrigued me. Not only your success and the restaurant, you have a really great way with names. I'm going to we're going to get to all that. I'm going to I'm going to list your restaurants, I'm going to list your accomplishments. Um but from the moment we met a half hour ago, um we hit it off on conversation. And one of the things that really intrigued me 
Uh, so I'll let it take it wherever it goes. I'm not going to try to no. push this down a, a certain, um, you know, down a certain script or, or hit too many points. But I definitely want to mention and give you a proper introduction because you earned it. Um, back to what intrigued me. Looking at your cookbook, um, and I'm going to pull it up online right here. I want to read a couple of the quotes uh, from the cookbook, uh, from the jacket. Um, looking at your philosophy, your mission statement, uh, just what you believe in, it's that word you just mentioned, the love, um, and the love with food. And you're not thinking about your Thanksgiving. Your Thanksgiving is giving and giving thanks to your guests and your friends and your family and the people that support your restaurants through good times and bad times. And you've been through some bad times, some hard times. Um, you have a romance with food. And I like that. I like that, that image there. Uh, one of the quotes that popped last night, and I was looking at this, uh, looking through your cookbook, when you cook with love, you feed the soul. Let's start right there. Tell me, uh, let's go, let's expand on, on the love and the romance you have with food and the love you have for Thanksgiving this time of year and feeding people. Thank you. I'm, I'm really excited to talk about these things because my mantra is something that I expect that the guest will be able to really discern and taste when they enjoy a dining experience at any of our restaurants, whether it's casual or whether they're the more um, fine dining. But keeping that mantra alive is very difficult unless you can really somehow, how, how can I say, inspire those that you're working with. Because now it's a whole new ball game, as you might know. A lot of the people that I'm working with for this Thanksgiving, I've never worked with them before. Mm. So we have to all get in sync together and we all have to put the first priority is the people that are coming to dine with us because they're not in their own homes and we have to give them something that will create a lasting impression. You know, um, Jeremiah, if, would, if it would be okay, I'd love to read you the opening paragraph that I have on the menu. Um, and I every year there has to be a blessing. And I'm just going to read this. It's very short. Thanksgiving is a day to reflect with gratitude on what matters most in life. It's an opportunity to be with loved ones and to remember those departed who live in our hearts. Let us give thanks for the abundance we have in our lives for each day is a gift. And I love for people to have something to reflect on. So it's not just like eating at any restaurant. They really feel the care and, and what we do to give them an incredible experience. So what you say here, what you, what, what you believe in, what you just read, read is beautiful. But what you believe in, you talk just to back up a little bit, your employees, you have, you're working this Thanksgiving with employees that didn't work with you last year or maybe just have started, you know, staffed up. And, and we do know, you know, if you're a listener that's not in this business, it's been really, really hard on restaurant owners after, a t you know, COVID and being shut down and all the different things that we've all gone through with small businesses. Restaurants have really been hurt. And it's, uh, you know, there's tight, tight margins. And um, they made it through. Somebody like uh, Lisa here, Chef Lisa, that... Uh, 
made it through that, uh, you know, came out with a lot of scars and to keep positive, to to uh, wake up with energy and go face your staff and your guests when you've you're probably in debt and you probably put to keep the places open. You probably are looking at years out to pay back some of these losses and these closures. And, and you get up there and you do it with love and with uh, passion, the same that you had when you began, but it's probably a lot harder on you now. It's taken a toll. And so the, what you believe in is really what makes a great restaurant, a restaurant that people feel what you believe in they feel that it transfers to the staff you can't be at every table you can't be at all of your restaurants i'm what am i counting six right now says it six yeah only three are open for thanksgiving thankfully (laughs) yeah but so here's the question i was building up to uh how do you lisa chef lisa chef owner lisa um of the doll restaurant group how do you for put put the worries behind you and face that new staff that you have tomorrow or the next day. And how do you teach them? How do they feel what you feel? How do you get that through to them? How do they then take that to the guest? Because that's where that, those are the successful restaurants, the ones that make it that they can do that successfully. How do you do it? Well, I think showing up is, is a big deal. And You know, we're not a chain. We're specialty restaurants. And in a way, we're still kind of the mom and pop that we started when I started Dalla and Toluca 27 years ago. And that is the culture. And the culture is that Mama Lisa is Mm -hmm. there. Like today, I just popped into one of the kitchens and just leaned over the shoulder of of a prep gal that was... I totally taught her a little trick with the Brussels sprouts, in other words. So I only got to spend like five minutes with her. I got her a different knife. I showed her how I score the bottoms. But it's that little hands-on that makes a difference. Um, when I leave the uh, interview, I'm going to go to another restaurant. We have a party that I'm going to go and help in the kitchen a little. What I try to do is make pop-ins in each restaurant. But I do believe that the kitchen is the heart and the soul of what makes a restaurant great and what's been so devastating through this time. And uh, as you know, there's no words for it because whether you're in a smaller town like we are, which is um, very uh, limited in our, in our, in our uh, having enough infrastructure, let's say we're not a big city, but yet we have millions of guests coming through. So we still have to train and mentor and continually let um, the people that are coming in new know that the culture is still very much alive. And it comes down to being present. Uh, They see me in the good, bad, and the ugly. You know, they see me when I'm coming in the back kitchen door and I'm sliding through a door through the floor and it's not how I want it. And I, they know how I feel. They know my emotions, but they know I care. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've done this now for almost 27 years and um, everybody says, how come you're not in Phoenix or Scottsdale or New York or Chicago? And I'm even asking myself that so much these days because we could be, but I haven't figured out how to kind of exit stage left into 
um, other markets without the fear that I would lose some of the continuity. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that that's going to be something I can do hopefully in the future. But right now, since we've come out of this pandemic, the most important thing is keeping the integrity of our dining experience and reputation where it needs to be. What is it that you believe at at the core, your core values for your for your family, your staff, and your guests? What what is your your well, your core I, belief that I, you want? I believe that the integrity, uh, the trust, um, the the work ethic that has made us who we are is something that I share with them. Um, I, I think if I were absentee, they would not have the same devotion that they have. You know, we have over 350 employees and I value them. They know that they can count on me. They know that I'm going to be in the restaurants all the time, probably drop in when they least expect it. But they know that I walk the talk. And and I feel um, we're very we're very fortunate to have the reputation we do. But there's nothing uh, about this that's been easy mm -hmm. in this last few years. And now we're going to have a great Thanksgiving and we're going to be able to involve everyone. A lot of the people that are working my kitchens were not there last Thanksgiving. And last Thanksgiving, as you know, was quite a different Thanksgiving than years mm -hmm. before. But there's certain traditions and the Thanksgiving dinner, the pre-fee that I do, I call it the scratch uh, menu is something, honestly, there's no way you can do it any other way. Everything is made from scratch. And we have these rituals and traditions that we follow. And I, I'm very excited about it this year. It's 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 the best. I mean, I wish I, you were coming. <laughs> well, <laughs> God, cancel my plans, Dr. D. I'm headed to Sedona. <laughs> I'd love to tell you even a few things that we do on the traditional. You know, what we do is we limit our our special occasion menu for Thanksgiving to have the best of the best, of course. But I have 26 years of a what I call my uh, traditional Thanksgiving menu, and it's so amazing. I want to show you a photo real quick sure. of the soup. I have two cookbooks, Jeremiah, and this is my elixir of life. I was going to, I'm going, don't worry. I will give out all this information, but if you, you check it out on the YouTube channel, that looks like it's 3d. That soup looked so good that it it's felt like amazing. I could dip my spoon in through the, through the monitor here. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a garnet yam soup. And I love this soup because it's sweet. It's spicy. It goes down. It warms you all oh. up, but it's not like eating the garnet yams or the marshmallows on the plate. It's the most perfect opener to a great meal. And I say to people, even at home, you start with a lovely soup and every after the martini, of course, or the champagne. <laughs> but but you start with a soup and that brings everybody together. And that's what I'm trying to recreate in some ways um, is what I miss in my own Thanksgiving dinners at home. I try to recreate that for others. And in turn, that is the reciprocation that brings me the ultimate joy, because as I'm sure many people know, and I know that you would know um, when you look through my first book, is that I, I lost my son um, 
quite a few years ago in 1994 as a good Samaritan in San Francisco. And I started my life over cooking as my salvation here in Sedona. And um, it's, it's the way that I recreate what I loved and miss the most, mm. which is Thanksgiving and everybody being together. It's just absolutely was my favorite holiday. So now instead of, eight guests i might have 800 but but if they feel like they are special you know and they know and they can taste the love in the food um that's that's what matters most i'm sorry for the loss of your son i was going to mention why you're in sedona or ask why you're in sedona um do you mind if we dedicate this show to your son Oh, God, that would really bring tears to my eyes. Um, my son's name is Justin Wesley Go Jones, Justin Wesley Jones. And I don't say was, I say it is. And I truly feel that everyone that's lost someone in their life, if they think of them as still being there with them, mm -hmm. it's not nearly as desperate of a feeling. And that's how I have taken my life's journey since he left this earth is thinking he's like my co-pilot. So if I'm making something he loves, um, we're doing it together, you know, and it's, it's really, it's really the way I get through these times. What did he love about Thanksgiving the most? Probably your cook mom's cooking, right? Um, <laughs> but the smells, the flavors. I mean, there's nothing like the smell of Thanksgiving. Is there? No. And um, Justin was very, you know, kind of old fashioned like his mom in that, you know, he liked the classics made well. So if you're going to make mashed potatoes, make them the best mashed potatoes. And, you know, that's um, my little doggy wants to come up. Excuse me. What's your little, Leo wanted what's to your come little up. doggy's um, name? Yes, he loves just he, <laughs> Leo loves Thanksgiving, too, but he's never had Thanksgiving at home. Um, but Justin loved all of it. You know, I think he loved uh, the ritual, the the excitement, you know, when you start smelling those flavors coming out of the oven and, you know, being around the family. But um, I think he's like me. He liked every part of it. And um, the thing about it is that every part of the meal is building the layers and building the flavors and that's the methodology and that's the intention and that's what i tried to do so that it's not how much of of uh, variety it's the best varieties mm -hmm. that all sit well together and leave your your palate just you know in uh, just outrageous um so how do you put I'm the love as a chef, I'm curious. I'm sorry to cut you off. Finish your No, service. not at all. Go ahead. Excuse me. Um, how do you... Put the love? Put the love in as a chef um, with intention. You know, do you have to walk to the stove? Do you have to look at your staff and, I, and then look at your ingredients? And cause, Because love is so important in creating great food. And how do you... Trans transmit or I don't know the word I'm looking for, but how do you, how do you get that? How do you make it you happen? It? Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, <coughs> Jeremiah, sorry. you can't like kiss every potato and kiss every turkey and everything. <laughs> how, I, how I consider putting the love in is by doing the things that I know work in the time 
timing of how I do that. When I was, when I used to make dinners for everybody at home for Thanksgiving, I was still very serious about what we do, how we do it, when we do it, so that everything will go like like clockwork. That's what freaks people out when they make their own Thanksgiving dinners at home is everything hits them at once. But if you're well prepared, that's putting love into the experience. And that's basically what I call putting the love in is (coughs) being focused, knowing why we do the things that we do to get the best result. Um, I've got all kinds of tips, and I try to now take those tips into a much larger volume. But I'm not going to. I'm going to. I'm going to work with the people that I trust the most. Mm-hmm. Will carry that intention and take it serious. Part of that is professionalism. Um, you know, you just can't have a lot of chaos when it's a high stress time. So there's a timing for everything. We've been going through that today. We brine our turkeys a certain way. I have a secondary brine I do a certain time. Um, I do a seasoning a certain way, but everything has to be like a countdown to have the greatest success. And at the end of the day, when you say, wow, I could taste love in that. I mean, it's going to taste like, wow. That's as good as I could have made in my own home or maybe even better. It's an that's energy. How, that's an energy. That you're that's giving. right. Yeah, that you're that you're yes. and you're sharing and your staff is sharing with your guests. Um, and it is really it is a thing in restaurants. You can feel that. Uh, it's been said by you that your restaurants are a living, breathing organism, not merely businesses. And there are a lot of layers, as you've mentioned here, that make that um, make up that different ingredients if Absolutely. I could, that bring, that make your restaurants uh, stand a, apart from others and and it's not you walk in with the door with intention every day you're human so you have bad days and you have troubles but you walk in and your staff uh you're honest with them they know you care even if you I don't know if you get angry if you're that type but they know when you're disappointed, I'm sure. <laughs> Mama Absolutely. Lisa, as you called yourself. I mean, there's times when I'm not the perfect, you know. I mean, I'm certainly not like Gordon. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but I'm not the extremes. But I am very pensive. You can read my emotions. And if, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want to spend my time fixing things if I can help that. I'd rather get everyone in the serious mode of what we're doing. It's like, it's like a concert. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just go out there and wing it. There's, there's rehearsals. We are in a, we're in the entertainment business. We have to take our performance as serious as, if, you know, as being a musician or a, ba- a ballet dancer, it's very serious to us because this is our this is our arena. And, um, you know, I'll be honest, there's years that I say, OK, I can't muster up the strength and the energy to do this another year. <laughs> and then, of course, I'm like, what was I thinking? I can't <laughs> you know, I can't let them down. You just need a little I'll sleep that night. The time is over. Many people say, why don't you close on Thanksgiving? Well, why the hell would I close? I've got people that are here in the one of the most gorgeous towns in the country that are, are coming for an experience 
what am I going to do? Let them all go to the resorts and have not what we can do when when we cook for them. They're going to know that they were touched by something that was very angelic. And and there's a reason for it. So, you know, I I'm I'm very inspired again this year. It was hard getting turkeys that are organic. I ordered 20 turkeys and I got 80 uh, by accident. Hey, and I that's where they like all 80. went. <laughs> You've got them all. So we're, everything is, you know, you have to have a sense of humor. And, yes, um, for sure. you know, like the, the stuffing, like when you make stuffing, well, when you make your own focaccia, for instance, we make a rosemary focaccia. It's the most delicious stuff. But then we use that focaccia in our stuffing and we put in all these delicious flavors and love and build up the layers and saute the leeks and the celery and then you know finish it with fresh orange juice and and um i used fuji apples things like that i love teaching people how they can have that same wonderful experience if they're doing it at home Mm -hmm. because for me if i get to teach people how to cook and have things turn out and they're just as happy as can be that's kind of my mission so I do that in a larger scale, but I try to infuse that same energy, that same passion. And as I said, methodology does matter. It's, you know, you can have all the greatest ingredients, but if you don't know what goes first, what should I do first? Um, I like to plant a seed in people's minds that at the final uh, getting ready for the performance, they can actually be calm, having a great time because they've set themselves up. To be able to relax and enjoy the guest. Um, I remember years in the old days when I'd be running around like a chicken with my head cut off when I wasn't a professional chef at that time. But that makes stress for everybody else. They want the host of the party or the event to be able to engage with them and have a great time. So, you know, that's where the soup comes in handy. That's where getting all the things ready for the salads, um, getting the appetizers already, like doing a charcuterie or something that you don't have to stress over so everybody can chill. It's it's really, it's kind of an art form, but it's a bit maybe a, a lost art. And I, I love to see people starting to, cook at home again, you know, and enjoy the spirit, whether it's potluck or not. If you're going to bring something, it better be badass or don't bring it, honey, because, you know, that's how I feel about potluck. But if you're going to do it, bring something that people are going to be conversing over. So, um, yeah, it's my favorite holiday because it's not commercialized and it's not about selling stuff. It's about being together and and thinking uh, and thinking of our blessings and and really celebrating togetherness, mm. and that's what my job is to do is make it good for everybody who comes uh, in. Thank you for doing that, and you are doing <laughs> that. Now, I promise you, I was going to give out your all your credits here, which would take me probably another twenty minutes because you're so accomplished. But I am going to give out a couple here. I want to mention your restaurants, uh, and I want to mention your cookbooks. And uh, I feel like we've learned, you know, we got a, a little side of you that I'm so thankful you shared with us today, uh, Chef Lisa. And I'm very so, honored. Yeah, and I'm glad that we made this happen. <clears throat> so You're a mess. Um, You're me? a mess I've, today. I've been talking for six hours straight, so if you, oh, if yeah. you hear me coughing <laughs> or my voice is going out. 
I love your mission statement. I'm going to read that here because I think it's important for your guests to know if they don't know already. Uh, I'm sure they feel it, but it's important for fellow restaurateurs out there, people that are in the business, and just people that live to understand that you strive and you and your staff strive to provide a world-class hospitality experience for your guests. And you do this by serving food cooked with love that feeds the soul in an environment that excites the senses and inspires your guests. And because of that, they return again and again. You started out, Chef Lisa, nearly 27 years ago with one restaurant and you had one straightforward notion. When you cook with love, you feed the soul. You are in Sedona, Arizona. I never got to tell everybody that, but I, th- but I think they may have picked up on it. One of the most beautiful spots in the world. Um, you went there to mourn the loss of your son and uh, realized that he joined you side by side and that together you, too, opened six of Sedona's best restaurants. Butterfly Burger which is just an incredible, amazing title. I hope to see one in California soon <laughs> or anywhere else. Yes, help me. It's yes. a, great ti- a great name. Uh, Pisa Lisa, West Sedona. Love that too. Um, you've got Pisa Lisa, Village of Oak Creek. Fine Dining, Cucina Rustica, Dal de Luca, Restaurante Italiano, Mariposa, that's a Latin-inspired grill. Well, like we've slowly discussed here, you weathered many storms over the years. 27 years in the business as a chef. You have such a respect for your guests and your staff. Um, The cultural aspect, as you say, is pervasive and it's imperative to what you do. Um, Check out one of these restaurants. Chef Lisa, Dahl, you're going to be impressed with the interplay of the outstanding cuisine, the service, the architecture, the art, and Mother Nature of Sedona. Unmistakable, incredible restaurants, incredible experiences. Um, You're also an author, cookbook author. You self-published the best-selling Elixir of Life cookbook and sold over 20,000 copies. I am going to tell you how to get it in a moment. Uh, You've been on Travel Channel's Food Paradise, Food Network's Beat Bobby Flay. You champion three prestigious burger battles. Uh, You're a two-time feature chef at the prestigious James Beard House in New York City. And you were recently awarded Arizona's highest culinary honor two years in a row by the Arizona Restaurant Association, Top Chef of Arizona, and Food Pioneer. Your life has many, many layers, just as your restaurants and just as the nuances and the ingredients that you prepare in your food and the the training and the experience that you provide your staff and your guests. And we can't possibly cover it all in one show, so I'm going to hope you come back and we get to talk more about music and art and fashion and uh, and your menus. Before we go, Chef Lisa, would you... You've talked about some of your menu items for Thanksgiving, but I'd like you to just end it here with um, an invite to anybody traveling 
that needs a place to go for Thanksgiving, uh, what you're doing, which restaurants are open, and, and what you're what you're creating this experience. Well, Thanksgiving 2022. I will tell you that we're pretty booked, but we always try to find a way to get people in. And when there's a will, there is a way. But because this is the season in Sedona, which is one of the most beautiful, the leaves are changing, it's just gorgeous. I mean, I'm even marveling every day when I'm driving. It's like, oh my God. But we are going to have a lovely holiday. The entire weekend is going to be full of joy. And, um, you know, like pizza before Thanksgiving is like the greatest. So we'll be slammed, but we'll always get people in. You know that pizza. Yeah. And then Pizza's after Thanksgiving, gourmet burgers. And let me just say this, Jeremiah, because I'm going to get you out here. I'm hoping that you will never have a burger, whether it's meat or vegetarian, like the burgers at Butterfly Burger. And I'll put my name on it because that's how I feel about that. <laughs> well, it's hard to photograph food. It's hard for food to come alive. And your Instagram for Butterfly Burgers, I was I was scanning <laughs> through it. I'm like, oh, my God, I got to stop looking at this because they're just like your soup. It almost felt like they were popping out of the page. I could smell them. Oh. Smell them. And, and in fact, I when we're finished, I'm going to get a burger. It's not going to be as good as yours, but you inspired me. I want everybody to go to romancewithfood.com right now. It's the holiday season. You buy someone you care about that loves food. Who doesn't love food? <laughs> um, a Romance with Food. It's a book. Or The Elixir of Life. What could be a better title, Jeremiah? You love that book. You, I, you keep trying to get there, but you beat me. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. And no, I'm no, jumping no. over you. But, your... but I want to say something that I'm seeing a lot of lately. Since we've all been through this pandemic, I'm noticing that people are actually asking me to, you know, personalize books for, for Christmas. But it's it's a very genuine gift for people to yeah. give something. These are gorgeous cookbooks, but it's the stories that I tell of how cooking has been my survival and my joy and, and everything. And there's lots of people like me out there that love to cook. But I, I think that the, in, in my books, somebody, I've heard people say, we, I read it like a novel. And I want you to know they're just not recipes. That's why I'm not. These books are self-published, just like you said. And I think they're, they're, they're collectible in a way. And especially when somebody's come out and dined with us. But even if they're just thinking about coming and dining with us, Sometimes people will get a gift to get to give to their significant other to get them excited to come, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I will I will get to say hi to so many of your guests, and I hope they'll let me know that they heard us or saw saw this on um, on the Jeremiah show. Well, thank you, Lisa. And uh, I wanted to read this from the Elixir of Life because I love this opening paragraph. It's the Elixir of Life cookbook. Elixir yeah. of Life cookbook, and you can get it on romancewithfood.com. Uh, so let me just read this first opening here. Life's essence, its magic elixir takes many forms. We find it in friendship, beauty, gratitude, and in the daily joys of cooking and sharing food. In the Elixir of Life cookbook, finding love and joy in the passion and pursuit of food, 
Lisa Dale, Dahl, excuse me, travels to Tuscany, Italy to celebrate the elixirs of the olive and the vine and the elixir of inspiration that underlies her decades of Italian and Mediterranean-influenced cuisine. She brings them home to Sedona, Arizona, where she is executive chef and owner of five amazing restaurants, now six. Um, I'm going to let you read the rest. Pick up a copy. Uh, highly recommend it on romancewithfood.com. And go to, uh, I'm going to give out your restaurants again, Mariposa on Instagram at Mariposa underscore Sedona. Doll and De Luca Instagram at Doll underscore Restaurante underscore Italiano. Cucina Rustica at Cucina underscore Rustica underscore Sedona. Pizza Lisa at Pizza underscore Lisa underscore AZ. And the Butterfly Burger Instagram that I mentioned, I'm going to give you, this one comes with a warning. Uh, <laughs> if you go there, <laughs> I warned you, <laughs> you will be uh, probably licking your smartphone <laughs> screen. <laughs> it's at Butterfly Burger on Instagram. Chef Elisa Dahl, thank you so much for the time thank together. You. And um, have a great Thanksgiving. I've staff. just had a great time. I, I can't wait to meet you and pinch that little cheek. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pinch away, pinch away. Okay. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanks to your tech your tech support there in the background, too. We appreciate you. <laughs> in, in food we trust. Scott. Okay, in food we trust. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Have a happy, thank you. Have a thank, happy, happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <laughs> Bye. and you are listening to the Jeremiah Show. Listen, man. Hi, everybody. I'm Billy Vera, and I'm here to tell you about my memoir. 
My memoir is called Harlem to Hollywood, and it's available at Amazon and just about anywhere great books or even lousy books are sold. But mine's a good one, and I think you'll enjoy it. You're listening to The Jeremiah Show. Did you like our soundtrack? Find all of our soundtracks on Spotify. The Jeremiah Show. Look for the black label. As always, a big thanks to our station manager, Les Carroll, for letting us on the air at all. Listeners, we appreciate you and want to hear from you. Please send us your ideas at jeremiah at thejeremiahshow.com or on Messenger, on Facebook, or Instagram. The Jeremiah Show is produced by executive producer Jeremiah Higgins and me, your announcer, Tony Kelly. Communicate, listen more, and evolve. This is Miles Copeland. Yeah, I just had the honor of speaking to the Jeremiah Show. Who would have believed that little old me would have the opportunity to speak on such a prestigious show? And they even talked about my book, Two Steps Forward, One Step Back, My Life in the Music Business. So it was a great pleasure to uh, be on that show, the Jeremiah Show. I love you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.